Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the Points Guide, this is your host, Zach Honig. Welcome to another episode of Miles Away. So on this episode of Miles Away, we are focusing on spring skiing, specifically in Colorado, although we might touch on Utah just a little bit because the spring skiing is apparently excellent there. My first guest is Jason Steele, who's one of the OG TPG contributors. He's been with us since 2012, believe it or not, which is about three years longer than I've been here. So welcome, Jason. Great to be here. And you are a, a Colorado native, or, or local at least now. Yeah, technically I wasn't born there, but I feel like I should have been. I've been there since 97. And our, our second guest is Summer Hall, who I, I still will always know, I think, as Mommy Points. I hope I'm always Mommy Points to some degree. <laughs> I So Mommy Points was, was my Points of Miles blog for years, even before I, I really got into TPG, believe it or not. Don't tell Brian that, but I've I've been a Mommy Points loyalist for, for quite a long time. And I actually met you, I don't know if you remember, but it was an SPG event in Vegas. And we were playing blackjack for, I think the prize was a million star points. Was it it a- was. Oh, my gosh. I do remember, but I hadn't thought about that until you said it. Yeah. Um, we got to the final table, too. It was so close. It was crazy. I'm like, oh, the million po- star points were within reach. And that's three million Marriott points now. Can I can't believe that imagine? bounty. Like, oh. I would have felt so rich, yeah. so superstar. A lot of spring skiing hotels. Yes, so, so many. So based on your social media, I, I would assume that you are also a Colorado local because you're, you're traveling there quite a bit. <laughs> well, like Jason, I think it's in my blood. Somehow I was born in East Texas, but I Colorado is in my blood and we go there as much as we can. Awesome. Well, I, I love going to Colorado as well. I'm Spring skiing is, is probably one of my favorite, uh, at least winter sport topics, because I love to ski, but there's nothing better than skiing in, you know, you've got your ski pants on and then a, a short sleeve t-shirt. What? You and don't want to ski when it's like negative 50? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I do that too, just, just out of necessity and living on the East Coast. But I think, you know, skiing in 60 degree weather, it's hard to beat. Yeah. And for us, Texas spring break is, you know, mid-March. So it's kind of the intro of spring skiing and it's perfect timing and we'll get to it. But it's amazing. Big fan. Perfect. So what is kind of the, the spring skiing period? I'm guessing it depends on, on where you're headed. If you're going to Whistler or if you're, you know, going to Colorado, it might be a little bit different. But well, I think summer nailed it kind of mid-March and beyond. There are slopes in Colorado that are open even until June or July, but by that time, you've kind of gone beyond spring into to mud and slush season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and a lot of, what's interesting is a lot of slopes will close in mid-April, often during a blizzard. So they're not getting the hotel lodging, and they're not getting the locals have moved on to other activities by mid to late April, but there's still great snow out there. So yeah, it is hit or miss. You know, you could have a, a couple warm, dry weeks uh, when some of the lower runs will start to close. But in mid-March, you should have virtually 100% of the runs open 
and warmer temperatures than you would in uh, December and January. So if you're planning a trip beyond mid-March, say like April, late April, early May, uh, mm-hmm. is that something you should plan last minute, check the, the forecast and, and see if you're going to have some, some fresh snow? Or Yeah, you know, at that time you, you, you've gone beyond shoulder season. So one, you have to make sure the ski area is still open because some of the, like I said, many of them will close in early April while they're still great skiing. Uh, some of the more locally focused resorts like Loveland, Ho Basin will stay open a little bit later. And even Aspen's been known to open up on really great snow years just for an extra week or two in May. But that's unusual. So you, first you want to make sure that the, they're scheduled to be open. But secondly, because it's kind of shoulder to low season once you get to mid-April, you can actually book this as a last-minute trip. You could say, hey, you know, the snow's great. There's still a great base. My favorite resort is open. I'm going to go next week. And you can't really do that in the heart of winter. So you mentioned your favorite resort. Do you have one favorite or are there multiple favorites? Well, you know, there's some uh, 20-something ski resorts in Colorado. Uh, as a Denver resident, I, I try to do what they call the front range resorts, which are those within a couple hours of Denver. Uh, so I really, really like Keystone a lot. It's got great family skiing. It's, it's got some expert terrain. I go to Loveland and Arapahoe Basin, which are even closer to Denver, but they do not have resorts at the base, so it's a little bit more local quality. Uh, and then Winter Park is actually a, a great uh, resort. It's, it's in a different valley than the other ones I mentioned that were in the Summit County area. Uh, Winter Park is in Grand County. And what's neat about it is there's actually a train that can take you from downtown Denver. Yeah. Yep, from downtown Denver to Winter Park. And when you combine that with the airport train from Denver International, it's the only ski resort in North America that you can reach without a car. I'm yeah. dying to do that one day. So you've done it. Oh, yeah. Is it just amazing to get on a train and oh, end up at the mountain? It's gorgeous. I mean, one minute I'm in downtown Denver carrying around ski boots and a snowboard or whatever, and a couple hours later I'm at the base lodge. The train literally dumps you at the base lodge. Uh, and then at the Jealous. end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you walk back on the train, you, you relax, there's no stress from traffic, and even... Well, I think they only have economy class on that train. Even economy class on a train is is beyond airline first class. Yeah, uh, I'll settle for economy on a train. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the the views can't be beat. You know, leg room. You you can leave your snacks and and stuff on the train because it's the same train that takes you back. So I did that last year with my daughter, and we had a great day. Oh, awesome. So I, this, this brings back a memory of, of walking down past the Port Authority bus terminal. <laughs> if, you, if you know New York City, you know that that's not an area that you really necessarily want to be in. But it's just west of Times Square, and that's where all the buses leave from in the city, mm-hmm. including the ones that go to the ski resorts in the Poconos and upstate New York. And I've seen people walking down there with, with skis in hand, and I, I haven't been quite as jealous as, as you probably are seeing people yeah. in downtown Denver. Well, and I'm happy to say that the, the newly renovated Union Station downtown Denver is uh, nothing like the Port Authority bus terminal. <laughs> and there's some really nice boutique hotels both in the train station and the surrounding area. So you really could uh, fly into Denver National, maybe spend a night or two in downtown Denver, before taking the ski train up. Yeah, that's like goals for me soon, is to do exactly what you said. Start the day at home in East Texas, fly to Denver, take the train to Winter Park, and be there like by the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Sounds amazing. And never have to drive out of Denver. Yeah. Well, one small hitch. The train does leave in the morning, come back in the afternoon. So you pretty much have to fly in the night before. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> but other than that, I like the plan. <laughs> well, stay at the Westin, right at the Denver oh, Airport, get in late, one. then head out. Make sure that, you that would work. Close, that would work. Close your you blinds. Just <laughs> change, change trains in downtown Denver, and that Westin is... 
gorgeous. I've been dying to try it. Yeah. I don't want to get stuck in Denver. I don't want that to be the reason we have to try no, it, but no. this would be a good reason. Yeah. So as a Denver local, obviously the, the nearby resorts make sense, but coming from Houston, do you fly into to different airports in yeah. Colorado? Yeah. So this year we are going to fly into Denver right after the new year, just because we have a lot of people going and flight price situations and all of that. But normally I try not to. I love flying into Eagle to kind of put us right by some of those resorts um, in the Vale area, Beaver Creek. Uh, We've also been known to fly into Aspen and ski Snowmass. I flew into, was it Montrose this year? We went to Telluride. It wasn't for skiing. And that's a bit of a drive, too, from Montrose to Telluride. It is a bit of a drive, yeah. I really want to fly right into Telluride with United's partner. Yes, But, you know... You know, as we may hit on a little more, it gets iffy with the weather when you're flying into some of these smaller airports that are closer into the mountains. So there's pros and cons, but when it works and you land right at Eagle and you are just minutes away from Beaver Creek and Vale, that's a pretty magical feeling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I just before we talk about hotels and flights, I want to dig into the logistics, the general logistics around spring skiing, it's, especially when it comes to families, just because, I mean... I've gone by myself. I went once with, with my dad, and, and that worked out just fine. But if you have kids that are you know just learning to ski, if they're in ski school, is that is spring skiing right oh, for them? it's great because, you know, when you were just learning to ski when you're three or four or you're five, whatever, unless maybe – I'm sure there's some expert five-year-old skiers in Colorado, but they're not in East Texas. So any snow is fine. They're just getting, you know, their bearings and getting used to it. And the warmer temperatures are great, especially if you're not used to the cold weather. So there's really no downside for spring skiing for those who are just now learning. Um, it's only upsides because you know the little bunny hills and snow areas for the ski schools will be just fine in March and early April. Yeah, I grew up uh, spring skiing. Our family would uh, travel out to Colorado or Lake Tahoe or Utah every spring. I have all sorts of great pictures of me and my family. I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Uh, if there's one downside, yeah, you have to wear a lot of sunscreen and drink a lot of water. Uh, you know, before oh, we really—that's a good point. Yeah, before we under, really understood, you know, skin damage and UV rays. I can remember my face peeling after a oh, week. God. <laughs> uh, after a week of spring skiing, I mean, that, that was just what we did. And so, yeah, yeah pl- plenty of water, plenty of sunscreen, and, and it'll work out just fine. I, I remember I had gone spring skiing, and I think I think it may have been Vale. And then we spent the night, my dad and I, in Denver afterwards, and we were eating outside. It was. In the mid-60s in, in downtown Denver, oh, yeah. and my face was peeling. I had one of those awful tans, but also sunburns, a goggle They call them raccoon, raccoon face. Yeah. Oh, my oh God. My God. You see that at the airport a lot in Denver in the spring, oh. and you're walking around. You see How do you avoid that? How often do you have to apply sunscreen for that not to happen? Oh, I mean, just a couple of times a day. I mean, these mm-hmm. days, you know, you get some SPF 50 or something like that, and, and you smear it all over your face, which also kind of acts like a moisturizer. And it's not so bad. It's just... The difference between remembering and forgetting is pretty dramatic. And there's not even that much skin exposed when you're skiing. I mean, these days you've got the helmet that's going to cover like a good chunk and then you've got goggles, at least if you're a kid probably. So you've just got like... There's not much. Right. You, well, do. And, you know, I have a, a fair-skinned sister, and, and and she would she would burn in minutes if we forgot the sunscreen. So it is really a critical thing you have to take with you. Uh, but as long as you have it, you'll be all right. Awesome. Yeah, and if you forget, and your kids at ski school, they usually have some in there. Yeah, yeah. So on that note, we're going to take our quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dig into the points and miles and and cash uh, redemption options when it comes to flights and hotels. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we are back on Miles Away talking about spring skiing in Colorado and, and maybe touching on Utah. Don't let me forget to touch on Utah. But we've got Summer Hull, the editor of TPG Family, and then Jason Steele, who is an, an OG TPG contributor. These are our spring skiing experts here at TPG. Welcome back, guys. Zach, I think you are also a spring skiing expert at I, TPG. I want to be this year. I don't <laughs> I don't think I, I didn't do any spring skiing last year for sure. I barely skied at all. I mean, that's definitely something that I tend to overlook. I've got great ambitions. So here's the trick. You buy a ski pass for the year, and then that makes you go and use it enough times to get your money's worth. That's what I've done the last couple of years, and it has been so worth it, and it's encouraged me to get out on the mountain. So the... I was a little confused. I read your post about the ski passes. I'm still and you were confused? There's, oh, no. There's a couple ski passes, right? There's the Icon Pass. Mm-hmm. Is that one? And what's the other pass? Epic. Epic. And then, of course, there's those two families of passes, but then there's multiple options within those families. And then there's a whole bunch of other passes out there, too, but it is a little confusing. Which um, pass do you get? So this year, I got the Epic Local Pass which you have a handful of blackout dates on the peakest of peak days, but otherwise you're good to ski basically as much as you want at a lot of mountains like Breckenridge and Park City and Keystone, and the list goes on and on. So I'm not going on any of the peakest days this year, so that was the best option for me. It's not cheap. It's around 700 bucks. but walk-up lift but tickets are around 200 at those. So Definitely a sore point for for people flying into Colorado to go skiing. Yeah, I mean, for it's, sure. It's expensive at the window. If you don't have the ski pass, what else can you do to save money? Well, there are lots of bargains available in Colorado. And I like to say Colorado local would no more pay the window price for a ski ticket than we would pay the, the sticker price for a car. Uh, so um, I buy my tickets early season before Thanksgiving. And if you happen to be out in Colorado between Labor Day and Thanksgiving, if you go to any of the ski stores there, uh, they will sell you the lower price tickets that are just a fraction of the walk-up price. Once you get beyond there, you can look on Craigslist. Some of the tickets, like to Loveland and A Basin, are transferable. So people like myself might buy a few more tickets than we get to use, and and we'll sell them off on Craigslist. To us Texans. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To Texans, you're right. And uh, Costco sometimes has some lower-priced lift tickets, even the supermarkets. And then there's uh, some online kind of discounters. But you're talking about kind of marginal discounts at that point. Lodging. Sometimes we'll have packages that include free tickets, but of course you have to, you know, figure out if that's worth paying um, probably a little bit more for the lodging than you would have if it's, you know, $100 more to get a $200 ticket, then obviously that's worth it. Yeah, those smaller mountains, you could score killer deals. I mean, my parents ski for 25 bucks a day at some wow. smaller mountains. But if your goal is the marquee big mountain resorts, then you've really got to strategize and a pass may be your best choice. And they go off sale, like by the time ski season heats up. Right. Um, we almost flew to Denver this year just to go get my kids free Epic Passes because you could do that in September and October. Okay. If you, but you had to show up in person. Do the, the adults specifics. have to have one as well? No, no. Wow, really? But you had to show up in person at these specific sporting goods stores in the Denver, or in the, I think they're across Colorado, but there were several in the Denver area. And we seriously thought about it. I think if both of our girls were in ski pass age range, like we might have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, ha- I did that. Obviously, I have my sixth grader has a pass. My first grader has a pass. And it was free. 
Uh, so that was a good deal. <laughs> okay, that's that is hard to beat for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll share. Don't worry, we'll share when this comes up again <laughs> <Yeah>. next year. <laughs> uh, how about getting lodging for free? I mean, obviously we can use points and miles. That's what you would have to do. But um, which which resorts uh, you know have your favorite hotels? Where what are your kind of go tos? So I think to- Jason and I have we share a, a family favorite. If you have kids and you want to ski in Colorado and you want a killer points deal. Keystone's got to be at the top of your list. It's not only a family-friendly mountain in a lot of different ways, and they have an ice fort and wagons for your gear and a lot of good runs, but the Hyatt Place Keystone is 15,000 Hyatt points a night, or you can use your Cat 1 through 4 wards. So that's amazing for being close to a ski mountain, but not only that, if you stay there, kids ski free. So you use your points, your kids ski free when you stay there, and then I hope they're still doing this this year, but last year they even gave you free night skiing when you checked in really? on the day of Is arrival. Is that specifically to, to the Hyatt so Place? It's or? not specific just to Hyatt Place. It was specific to all the Keystone area resorts, and they must still own this one even though it's under the Hyatt flag. Got it. And so you got those perks. So you use your 15,000 points, and now you're night skiing for free, your kids are skiing for free, your breakfast is free, and you're right there next right. to the mountain. Wow, it's amazing. makes a huge difference. One of my favorites is uh, actually to use the Wyndham points. And what people don't realize about Wyndham is, yeah, it's got some budget hotels. It's mostly a timeshare company. And you can use 15,000 points a night for timeshares. And a couple years ago, we stayed at Beaver Creek Ski and Ski Out. It was a one-bedroom, two-bath condo. And we did it in the spring for a week. And it was fantastic. At 15,000 Wyndham points a night, it was a bargain. How do you get Wyndham points? That's probably kind of my biggest struggle at this point. Is I The d- daily getaways. <laughs> yeah, well, well that, that's one way. It's the uh, U.S. Travel Association does that in the spring. But you can, of course, get the Wyndham credit card from Barclays. Uh, which is what I have, and I've. Uh, that's the primary reason I have that card is so I can get those Wyndham points and trade them in for condos in Colorado over the winter. They also have condos in Breckenridge, Keystone, uh, and several other resorts around Colorado. It, pretty good availability in general. It is. You know, it seems like during the the peak winter season they've they've started blacking those out, but by spring they're wide open again. Probably one of my my biggest points mistakes was transferring all of my Wyndham points to United. Uh, I don't know, maybe six months before they announced the 15,000-point redemptions. Oh, God. I was kicking myself. I mean, there was a transfer bonus. It wasn't a terrible deal at the time. Yeah. It made a lot of sense at the time. But yeah. then I'm like, what could I have done with all of those points? It was, I'm not going to say it's how many points it It's not your fault. You couldn't have known. It's not your fault. Well, like I did the same thing with City Thank You points before the transfer partners. I got rid of them all. They were only worth a penny each. They, they felt like they would never be worth more. And a few months later. Yeah. But if you're sitting here <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, I need Wyndham points, but I don't want a Wyndham credit card, just pay attention for the daily getaways that come in the spring because you can buy them or at least historically you've been able to buy them for prices that really make sense if you've got some redemptions in mind. Yeah, I mean these kind of, this condo I stayed at at Beaver Creek was I think four, five, six hundred dollars a night. And you know, if, if you haven't been to Beaver Creek, it's it's very fancy. It's very uh, prestigious kind of a thing. They had a uh, a free shuttle bus, like many resorts do, but it's like leather seats. And the shuttle bus ends at I don't know, like seven o'clock or something. And then it's essentially a free Uber. You just call them, and they'll pick you up and take you wherever you want to go. Oh, wow, that's nice. <laughs> so it's, it's really nice. Okay, but if we're talking Beaver Creek, we have to mention that splurging on the Hyatt is not the worst thing you can do. And it no. is just steps. I mean, the hotel is – It's a park Hyatt. It's, it's a, a park Hyatt. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, not the nicest park Hyatt in the world, but it's one of the best ski locations in the world, especially if you have young skiers because you are legitimately steps away from ski school, which is just almost priceless or at least worth 30,000 Hyatt points a night. Yeah. Are there any high-end perks that they offer, like hot chocolate as you come in off the slopes? Or yeah, they've got stuff like, like that. that. They've got the ski valet, too. 
but honestly, you're paying for location. If you happen to have globalist status and you get the room service breakfast, that's amazing. But if you don't, you're just you're paying for location, which is five star. Not not bad. So. I've always had the St. Regis uh, in where is the St. Regis Deer gone? Valley? Yeah, Deer Valley. That's always been on my on my radar, and I've I've really wanted to go. Is have you stayed there before? No, but we're booked. We'll be going this year, but because we bought the Epic Pass, we're not going to ski Deer Valley. So we're going to have to hop hop over to Park City, which is super nearby. But I'm a sucker for hotels, especially when you can book them for sixty thousand Marriott points a night. I mean, the weekend we booked, I think the room was close to two thousand dollars for oh a standard room my per God. night. Wow. Okay. So obviously we used points. That's not over New Year's Eve or anything crazy no. like that. Oh. I mean, it was a ski weekend, so you know that's their peak season. But it wasn't New Year's Eve, and so we're gonna give that a try. I'm a sucker for a cush hotel at the end of a ski day. <laughs> So speaking of, I heard you say Park City. Is that Park City, Colorado? Is there a separate Park City? Oh, sorry, in Utah. So, <laughs> oh, so okay, the St. Regis okay. Deer Valley is in Utah. Oh, god. There it. is a St. Regis in Colorado. That's in Aspen. In Aspen. That's and we have stayed there. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. That one I love, and it's phenomenal for walking around Aspen. But if you have kids, it's not the best choice because most kids aren't going to be skiing Aspen. They're going to be skiing Snowmass or similar, which is down the road a bit, and you're probably better off than staying at the Western Snowmass. You know, and... and Okay, so if you don't have 30,000 points to do the, uh, the Park High Beaver Creek, you can actually stay down in Avon. Uh, it's a lot less points. Uh, I believe it's a Sheraton. It's like River Creek Village, something like that. So what's interesting is they have a gondola that takes you up the mountain. Oh, So you're still, perfect. you know, is, is it as convenient as Park High Beaver Creek? Of course not. But it's, it's a fraction of the points, and it, it comes pretty close when you could just jump on the gondola with the kids rather than have to worry about a shuttle bus. And we've stayed at the West in there and really, really liked it. It was very nice. It's gotten more expensive. I think it's now 60,000 points a night for the West End. I think you're right. There are a couple options in the Marriott family down there that are fewer points. But unfortunately, they've been heading up the award chart. But it is definitely an option, and um, the West End was phenomenal. So you mentioned Utah. When would you choose spring skiing in Utah over Colorado? Well, see, I'm from East Texas, so I'm not a snow snob. I think okay. that Jason is a little bit more of a self-professed snow snob than me. For me, I will book a mid-March trip pretty much anywhere. When you start getting into early April, those are the kind of trips I usually won't book until closer in, and you can see how the snow's doing for the year. Yeah, the advantage of Utah is the proximity to their airport. Uh, most of the, there's seven major resorts within an hour drive of the airport. Uh, and in Denver, there's pretty much zero within an hour. It's about two hours from the airport to get to Summit County. Thankfully, in the spring, there's less traffic and weather to worry about, but that's still an issue. And also the snow, God, I hate to admit it, but I think sometimes the snow is a lot better in Utah uh, than in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard this in the past. I'm not sure if they, it's something they still do, but some of the resorts in Utah, do they give you a free day of skiing when you arrive? So if you take a morning flight out, you can ski the, the rest of the day for free? I need to research where that's at this year. It used to be way more prevalent in a number of resorts than it is now. I think I researched it last year, and there weren't a lot of resorts still doing that. It was pretty hard to do. Like if you had a short flight in from, say, California – that would work. Or, or right. Well, even the East Coast, I've seen, you know, they used to advertise that when I lived in Philadelphia. Yeah. They would, they'd have billboards. In it the used area. to be really common, but it's gotten less common in the last few years. You know, places that offer night skiing is totally doable. Keystone, for example, has night skiing, and I love it. And if you're, if you're talking spring night skiing, I went last year, Keystone, and I think late March, and we did night skiing. And in my head, that means that we're going to be freezing, it's going to be dark, but oh well, we'll suck it up and do it. 
But no, the sun was up until like seven. We were yeah. night skiing wow. in the sun, and it just blew my mind. But that's one of the advantages of spring skiing when it's after the time change and the sun's up longer. Night skiing isn't necessarily dark. All right, so where are we meeting up to, to go spring skiing this Let's year? Let's do it. <laughs> Keystone. Ski. Yeah. Keystone really is a great choice all around. You know, we've been talking hotel points, but if you are doing true spring skiing, make sure that you're pricing out hotel stays, too, because they can be, even for some of these high-end, like Park Hyatt, Beaver Creek Resorts, once you get past peak season, the rates can be $200 or less per night, and then you may want to use some of your fixed value points from Capital One or Discover It or wherever and save your hotel points for when you're doing true winter skiing. And airfares, generally, are they reasonable to, to Utah and Colorado in the winter and spring? Just, yeah, to Salt Lake and to Denver, they're usually pretty good, especially spring. But honestly, we're going even early January, and airfare was not a problem. If you're talking about Eagle and Aspen, those really get expensive on the weekends. But that's when you can turn to your miles. I love using United Miles to fly into some of these resorts. And you may not get Saturday to Sunday at the Saber Award, but maybe you'll get, like, Thursday to Tuesday or Monday. Yeah, United has surprising availability. And the real key out there is, you know, one, have a Mileage Plus credit card. And two, make sure you sign in to your account before you search to see that extended Saber Award availability that all – cardholders get. It's crazy what, what difference it makes being signed into your account if you oh, have yeah. an elite status or the mileage. This is not the time it. that you're going to probably be able to book via Avianca or some United partner because they don't have that extended saver availability. If you're wanting to fly into some of these smaller airports during ski season, you're absolutely right. You're going to probably want to use United Miles and you need to have elite status or a United credit card to get those extra saver rewards. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm personally a fan of telling people to fly into Denver because the airport's more reliable than the mountain airports. You know, I think that gives you the opportunity to stop in, in, in Denver or to enjoy that drive. You know, so don't, I wouldn't uh, feel too bad if I couldn't fly in, into Vail. Especially if you're going to Keystone or Breck, Vail isn't, it is closer, but it's not that much closer. I mean, it's a good hour drive at least from the Vail Airport to Keystone. Yeah, and if you're doing that and you can fly southwest and not have to worry about bag fees and all, then you've got that advantage. Now, I'm team fly into the mountains whenever you can. Yeah. But... There are advantages to flying into Denver, especially if you don't have elite status or credit cards. It'll get you free checked bags, and you've got yeah. all that ski gear. Yeah, uh, I want to round us out by talking about the opera ski scene in, in Colorado and Utah in general. Are we looking at a lot of money for food and beverage? You know, off on and off the resort. Well, you know, it, it can be. Obviously, they're not cheap. You know, staying at the high place and getting a free breakfast is nice. Uh, you know, one of the fun things that people do in Colorado. I don't know if you've seen this summer. But in Arapahoe Basin, which is just up the street from Keystone, starting in, in around March, they will have essentially a party in the parking lot. I mean, this is... It's like a tailgate for... Yeah, this is barbecues, this is couches, this is dogs. Uh, they call it the beach. Oh, my God. Uh, because it's, it's, it's like the snow comes into the parking lot, almost like a, almost like a beach uh, going into the ocean. And, and people... It's a tradition out there. We've gone there where, where people are blaring music and the kids, are, they don't even want to ski. They just want to, you know, dance and play or whatever. And... Uh, you know, so that's that's kind of budget opera ski, but then you have, you know, fancy resorts and sleigh rides and things like that on the other end. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of trying to stay somewhere we get free breakfast. I mean, elite status helps. We have more free breakfast options, but doing something to have free or cheap breakfast and then, you know, eat a lunch on the mountain or sometimes at Vail will grab $5 pizza slices right at the base of the mountain or something and then not worry what dinner costs some nights and do some of those fun kind of signature dining experiences or going to some of the cool restaurants that they have around the mountains that we don't have in Texas. So that's kind of my thing is don't spend much on breakfast or lunch and then, you know, do what you want to do for dinner. Yeah, I mean, I have favorite restaurants in Summit County like like the Dan Brewery. 
uh, by Dylan Dam, and you know you get get good beer, good food. It's not really that much more expensive than it would be back home. So, Jason, if, if uh, readers want to follow along, or listeners in this case, with your spring skiing adventures, where will they find you on social media? Uh, I'm at Real Jason Steele on Twitter. Is probably the best place. All right. Are you on Instagram at all? Or, or uh, working on it. Okay. <laughs> Work in progress in summer. Where can we find you? Well, you can find me riding on TPG most days, but you can also find me on Twitter at Mommy Points and also on Instagram with the same handle. Awesome. Well, please follow along and please follow the Points Guy on Instagram and Twitter as well. We'll be sharing some uh, spring skiing, winter skiing destinations there over the weeks and months And you to will come. be seeing some of these exact same destinations we have mentioned both on social media and reviews coming this year very cool well thank you guys so much for joining me i want to do another episode uh, maybe next year talking about utah and you know really digging in there it's somewhere i've always wanted to go and for some reason it just hasn't worked out yet but let's do it i will see you in keystone yes very good. thanks zach that's it for this week's episode thanks again to summer and jason Again, I am your host, Zach Honig, and this episode was produced by Caroline Shagrin with editing by Ryan Gabos. Our theme music is by Alex Schiff. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, and we'll see you back here next Wednesday. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.